The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Have you ever thought about why people act the way they do? Why are some people more difficult to deal with, while others are always pleasant? Let's find out together. Welcome to Human Behavior. What a trip. Your host is Dr. Jonathan Brower. Our program combines expert guests with people just like you who have questions or comments. We'll have fun exploring human behavior. Now, here's your host, Dr. Jonathan Brower. Hello, everybody. This is Jonathan Brower with Human Behavior. What a trip. And we have a wonderful guest today. Her name is Nanette Sagastum, and she attended at the University of San Francisco, where she obtained a bachelor's degree in nursing in 1972. She, uh, while in college, met her future husband, who's now her husband for many years, a recently discharged Marine who had served as a machine gunner in Vietnam. Um, uh, Nanette has published her first book. It's called We Also Serve, A Family Goes to War. And... Uh, uh, this whole issue of war is quite fascinating and troublesome. So soldiers go off to war and their spouses and uh, relatives, children and grandparents, whoever, they're far behind. And they don't know what's going on. And actually up until a decade or two ago, uh, when uh, people could find out about what was going on with their war uh, men and women who were busy fighting wars, they uh, couldn't get much detail. But in today's date, um, uh, people who have relatives or friends who are involved in war, they can uh, uh, phone them with cell phones, they can use the internet, there's a lot of ways to stay connected. But whether, whether it's the new way or the old way, it's very difficult for people who love their loved ones who are busy fighting war to have to um, be with it far away and they really can't be of any help immediately to their their uh, sons and daughters. But now they can. So, um, uh, Nanette, I'm glad you're here. Thank you. I want everybody to know, again, the name of your book. It's We Also Serve, A Family Goes to War. And this is a very important book, and it's quite touching. Thank so, you. Uh, so, so then let's begin from the very, very beginning. Um, tell me a little bit about how you grew up and where you grew up and how you uh, met the man who would be your husband and still is your husband. Yeah. Um, I grew up in Alexandria, Virginia, and um, I was in the shadow so to speak, of um, 
our capital and went to high school actually in Washington, D.C. And so I was always very attuned to historical value of things and et cetera. So um, um, that, uh, when my parents were about to move to the West Coast, then they wanted me to look for colleges there. So that's how I ended up at the uh, University of San Francisco. And um, I was going to nursing school there. And my husband um, had just been uh, discharged after his three years in the Marine Corps, and he'd served in Vietnam. And he was just going to um, going back to school at that point at which I met him, and we dated for three years before marrying. And through that dating time, there were little glimpses of, um, you know, he would have some temper outbursts, and there were other little behaviors such as um, being more bellicose, wanting to fight people, taking things, um, you know, somewhat huffily if somebody said something. Um, and he would just like to speed in his car, that he would drink more than I would care, um, none of which was so extreme as to seem pathological and um, at that time, no one had any idea that this, these behaviors might be um, linked to um, post-combat stress. There was no, not even um, a word uh, such as post-traumatic stress disorder, and it was definitely not in the um, diagnostic um, manual for um, psychologists, so... Um, we were pretty much on our own, but as after we married, more and more of these symptoms came to the forefront. So uh, PTSD, even mild as it was um, in the whole, what I would consider the whole range of um, PTSD, um, still filtered through our marriage and, and affected um, the family. We yeah. felt like and we so, walked on eggshells, et cetera. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, so... Uh, uh, in the early years, being with your husband, and even when, before when you were dating him, and he showed behavior that was troublesome, was there a part of you that was uh, trying to downplay it and avoid dealing with it at that time? Or? Um, I, I really, I don't think so because I really didn't understand it. Um, he was from Guatemala, so part of me was one thought, well, maybe this is, um, you know, Latin temper, um, and then I had no brothers, so I thought, well, maybe this is how the male of the species, you know, behaves. So I didn't, um, I didn't know what to make of it and didn't, no one else seemed to, to find this particularly disturbing, so, um, and I just would see glimpses here and there. It was only as um, after we were married and more of these symptoms came to the to the forefront that I saw them as being, as, well, as, for instance, as his um, uh, marijuana use increased um, and things that I found personally alarming in that direction. He never was um, physically abusive, though. I do yes. feel like uh, I want yeah. to say that. So when he was using marijuana mm -hmm. and you didn't like him doing that, what did you say to him about this? Oh, well, I would tell him I, I didn't like it, and his his comment was, 
you know, this is only a little bit, it's not too bad, um, don't even worry about it until I start smoking every day. And then I, when that started happening, I'd say, okay, now it's every day. And he'd say, oh, don't worry about it until I'm, you know, doing several joints a day. And so it just, um, but he'd be very, um, uh, very touchy and, um, he would be abrasive, uh, if I commented and, and I felt a little bit, um, again in the, um, in the dark because I, I've never, I still to this day have never been drunk. Um, I yeah. had never smoked marijuana, so, um, I didn't know what was normal. Yeah. I didn't know, for instance, if he was drinking, I didn't know what was too much. Um, well, just, let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. When this was going on, were you aware of being angry with him doing all this? Was I angry? Were you, were you um, angry, yes, when he was I, busy yeah, using marijuana and drinking my a lot? That. Um, I guess I was not aware of being angry. Now, yeah. um, I, I've always had difficulty with anger, so that could well have been something um, that I felt but didn't acknowledge. Um, I don't remember yeah. that being a problem. Mostly I was worried and um, upset and didn't like the pattern I was seeing. We did go to counseling. Wait, wait, let me interrupt you for a minute. When you said you were upset, that, that's vague. Uh, can you be, use a more specific word? Well, I was, I was disturbed at the pattern, and um, I... He didn't, he tended not to, you know, the more he smoked, the less he went to his classes, for instance. So I saw this as, um, not, um, maintaining, um, what he was supposed to be doing. He was supposed to be going to school, um, getting a degree, and then he was, um, spending more time skipping classes and smoking joints, and uh-huh. so I didn't, um, so that, that, part um, disturbed me, and I, we never, I, I don't remember having arguments with him other than he getting mad that I pointed out this flaw, um, but I don't remember, I think I was more afraid of him, so I didn't, I certainly didn't um, get angry back. You, well, you didn't allow yourself to feel the anger, apparently. Pardon me? Apparently, you didn't allow yourself to feel your anger towards him. That would probably be true. Yeah, yeah, and that was a, that was too bad. So, um, uh, and uh, how many years were you into the marriage when you started having children? Um, I was. Uh, um, we've been married about three, three and a half years before our son was born. Yeah, and you had uh, how many kids? Do you have all together? Four. Four, yeah. And so, uh, and where I forget where in the in the uh, pecking order is your son, who's the who's also the marine. Then, yeah, he was the um, third um, child and the youngest son. Yeah, and his name for people who know is what's his name again? I forget. Daniel. Daniel. Yeah. So. Um, Clearly, because I have read your book, uh, so clearly Daniel, at some point, uh, became interested in 
the Marines because his father, who he ide- idealized and loved, was had been a Marine. Mm-hmm. And uh, were any of the other kids in the family besides Daniel um, into the Marine thing with their dad? Not to that degree. Now, my oldest son um, would have actually considered... Um, entering the military, but he had um, really bad asthma, so he was never going to be a candidate, and he knew that. Um, but he but, would have been a good officer, by the way. Um, and my second... Go ahead. Wait, wait, wait. Before, we, before we go to the second one. Um, so I think we're going to take a break right now. Okay. Okay. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. SportsPsychologySociology.com can help you improve your ability to excel and enjoy your athletic endeavors. Call Dr. Jonathan Brower at 818-707-4557. Legal Shield. Total access. Everyone deserves legal protection. With Legal Shield, everyone can access it, no matter how traumatic or trivial. Check out players.buildinglastingsuccess.com and jjbrower.com. Call Jonathan at 805-535-5111. DefeatAnxietyNow.com is geared to help people suffering with anxiety and depression. Intensive, short-term, dynamic psychotherapy helps many people get to the absolute core of their problems and resolve them. Call Dr. Jonathan Brower at 818-707-4557. Interested in investing in real estate, leveraging other people's money? Call Jonathan Brower and he can give you some more information. 805-535-5111. That's 805-535-5111. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Human Behavior, What a Trip with Dr. Jonathan Brower. If you have a question or comment for the show this week, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to jbrowerphd at yahoo.com. Now, back to human behavior. What a trip. Hi, everybody. This is Jonathan Brower, human behavior. What a trip. And I'm speaking with my guest today. Nanette Sagastum, I'm pronouncing your last name correctly, by the way. Sagastumi. Oh, Sagastumi, yes. Mm-hmm. Sagastumi. I'm writing it down phonetically. Okay. So, um, so your first son, long before he w- would have been in the Marines had he not had asthma, was he um, into being uh, knowing about Marines and knowing about his dad? No, not that, not as much. Um, okay, so so Daniel was the one of the four kids who seemed to have the strongest. Um, oh yes, commitment to all this. Right, he did. Even as a child, he would like to get in um, his dad's um, utilities. Um, you know that 
which are like cam- uh, camouflage or fatigues. Um, he would wear them around the house. He would, uh, you know, dress up, and um, he liked to play war, and he would watch. There was some series, um, um, I don't remember what the name of it was, but there was some series on television that was um, it took place in Vietnam, and he would watch that, you know, uh-huh. every every week. So he was definitely, but he copied my husband in lots of other ways as well. So. Yes. So so when he was copying his dad, especially as a Marine, um, how was it for his dad, your husband, to take this in, knowing how awful the war can be? Well, um, he was. He's. I think one of the things that happens with a lot of military people, particularly Marines, is it always sounds so much better once you're out and and so he was actually very proud of of his service and um and actually was flattered by my son's um you know copying him although no one had any way when when my my son Daniel was little no one knew that would end up where he'd actually go into the service who knew um, that that would actually happen, but um, but he was he was flattered and um, and indeed you know at that time we were in peacetime uh, all through my children's growing up years and um, it I I personally find military service um, a very admirable um, aspiration and I I really. I'm full of admiration for those who would put their lives on the line for us. Yeah, so. yeah I agree. I, I think it's very admirable. So um, what I'm trying to get at in more detail, if I can. So when you're, uh, when your son, before before he went into the Marines, did he get much information from his dad? What it was like to be in war and to have people trying to kill you and bomb you and you know kill you with grenades and all this kind of stuff. Um, I don't think they had much in the way of conversations, but they did. My husband was also at the point where he was actually revisiting um, his grief and sorrow over um, just his experience, and so as part of my my husband's healing. Um, he was watching um, the movies that were just starting to come out about Vietnam. So the two yes. of them would often sit side by side and watch some of these movies. And even the last year after my son had um, signed into the Marine Corps, but before he actually entered, he spent a lot of time watching some, you know, uh, Full Metal Jacket and things that really did not show the attractive side. So I think. You know, he was about as prepared as you could be, um, you know. Yeah. And uh, you have some wonderful pictures in the book, by the way. Thank you. And uh, your husband, when he was in the Marine Corps, uh, his job was, um, he was artillery, right? Machine gunner. Machine gunner? He actually carries, he actually is the machine gunner for the platoon. Um, so if somebody's uh, needing some covering fire, but um, that that's different from artillery. 
I see. So he so he was a machine gunner, not artillery, not artillery. Correct. Yeah. So uh, I mean, I've never been in the in the service, but I'm imagining um, that if I was, I would be highly, highly anxious every second of the day because you know I wouldn't want to be killed or maimed. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's a very hard way to live. How many months was he actually in the battle zones? Um, they, in those days, um, when you were serving, when you were deployed, the deployments for Army were 12 months. The deployments for Marine Corps were 13. So he was in 13 months in Vietnam. He was there 66 to 67. So, in fact, it wasn't as heated um, as it became um, in, say, 68 and 69. Yeah, although... There were still casualties. In oh yes, oh yes, and yeah. I mean they had they captured prisoners and they suffered. Um, in fact, my husband was combat replacement for a unit that had been fairly decimated in a previous operation about two or three weeks before he was put in there to, as a replacement. Uh huh. So uh, these kind of guys, you know. In, in our culture, and I go along with it, they're heroes. They're huge heroes, but they, I assume, had to be afraid to some degree of their safety. I'm sorry. I, um, what I was listening to was breaking up, so I'm not sure what well, you said. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, basically, the kind of, um, the kind of work your, your husband was doing as the Marine... Mm-hmm. He he was uh, basically, in my opinion, a hero, but he also assumed had to be afraid, to some degree, of being maimed or killed or tortured. And uh, did he ever talk to you about those kinds of things? No, he didn't speak very much about any of it. Um, even to this day, I think um, he might allude to it, but he doesn't really... Um, open up that much about his own um, uh, fears or um, or his emotions during that time. I think that's one of the reasons that now when he gets together with his um, Marine friends that were in that unit and they, they, get, they have a large group and they get together every year, I think that's one of the reasons that it's such a powerful experience for him because um, they sometimes do talk about it and Actually, I they talk about it less than I would, you know, it's not like girls. Girls like to get together and hash things out and, you know, yes. go over every detail. And the guys might sometimes talk about it a little bit, but for the most part, I, I don't think they specifically get into the emotions of it, but I think they enjoy the company of uh-huh. people who shared experiences like that, and so they feel like they don't have to say they're with people who know, and yeah. that's very comforting to them. And um, my husband, yeah. every at the end of every reunion, always feels like a sense of loss um, and, and mourning that he isn't going to be around these guys for another uh, year. Yes. And so um, at what age... Did your son Daniel start being really clear about wanting to be a Marine? 
I'm about 16, 16, and then he entered, um, he signed the delayed enlistment program, so he actually um, signed a contract when he was um, just a little bit before he turned 18, so we had to actually sign um, for him because we had legal responsibility, and then he delayed his enlistment until he'd completed high school, which was a year later. Uh, So when he was ready to be a Marine, what was the reaction you and your husband had, and also the other kids in the family had? Um, I, the other kids were okay with it. Um, I I was okay with him being a Marine. My husband was proud. I, I was okay, except um, I did, and I actually had a second um, son, the our middle son, who had at one point thought he wanted to to join the Army. And so I spent time with both Daniel and this other son sort of arguing devil's advocate, not because I didn't want them to do it, but my second son I knew was not emotionally um, appropriate because he just would he couldn't kill a spider, so I just couldn't see him pulling a gun on somebody. And um, so I would put these scenarios in front of him, and say, "Well, you know, if this and this is happening, can you pick up a gun and can you shoot somebody?" And then I would do the same with Daniel, and Daniel kept saying, "Yeah, yeah, I can do it." And finally, my second son started thinking about it and realized he just wasn't. That wasn't going to be for uh-huh. him, but Daniel was, I think, appropriate. Um, I was um, worried because I, um, even though we were at peace um, and we weren't engaged in any wars, I always knew that was a possibility. Um, I take that commitment in my my head very seriously, and. Um, and wonderful as all the benefits of being in the military are, um, such as, you know, uh, GI Bill, et cetera, I don't ever see that as being the reason to sign up because if that's why you signed up and a war comes, you're in trouble. So you better yes. be ready for the real deal. And um, so Daniel, I think in, in Daniel's case, um, he was good for the Marine Corps, and I think the Marine Corps was good for him. Yeah. Okay, I think we're coming up for our, our break. Mm-hmm. Okay. Stay connected. Sign up for our newsletter. Go beyond your favorite Voice America shows. Visit iradioblog.com. SportsPsychologySociology.com can help you improve your ability to excel and enjoy your athletic endeavors. Call Dr. Jonathan Brower at 818-707-4557. Legal Shield. Total access. Everyone deserves legal protection. With Legal Shield, everyone can access it, no matter how traumatic or trivial. Check out players.buildinglastingsuccess.com and jjbrower.com. Call Jonathan at 805-535-5111. DefeatAnxietyNow.com is geared to help people suffering with anxiety and depression. Intensive, short-term, dynamic psychotherapy helps many people get to the absolute core of their problems and resolve them. Call Dr. Jonathan Brower at 818-707-4557. Interested in investing in real estate, leveraging other people's money? Call Jonathan Brower and he can give you some more information. 
805-535-5111. That's 805-535-5111. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Human Behavior, What a Trip, with Dr. Jonathan Brower. If you have a question or comment for the show this week, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to jbrowerphd at yahoo.com. Now, back to Human Behavior, What a Trip. Hi, everybody. This is Jonathan Brower. Human Behavior, What a Trip is the name of my show. And my guest today is Nanette Saglas to me. Okay. I'll just call you Nanette. It's easier. That's good. So uh, we're getting back to speaking about Daniel, and um, he decided he was going to go into the Marines, which he did. And um, he went into the Marines, if I correctly, if I remember correctly, he went into the Marines shortly before 9-11, right? He went in um, in June, three days after his high school graduation. He graduated from the Marine Corps boot camp on September 7th of 2001. Yeah, so um, he um, was the last, as it turns out, one of the last peacetime graduations um, before 9-11. Yes, so, um, so the the day of and the day after nine eleven took place, did that make a big change for him into what he would be doing as a marine? I was thinking it would because I thought, well, now you know, um, everything he signed up to do must all be different. But no, they they actually kept to the contract that he'd signed. He had signed up at, to do two years of. Um, Fleet Anti-Terrorism Team, which is a special forces. It's actually one of the special forces. They dropped into Tripoli um, last month. Um, it's Wait, a be, quick be, react force. Before you go back, uh, say what, what it was again. It was the, he had, Fleet, he had a two-year two, two contract. With, and, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a, he was with the Marine Corps for four years, but what yeah. they have him do is sign... Um, 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 military operational, um, I forget what the S is, but it's MOS, um, specialty, um, their operational, it's like their job description. So he had actually signed on to be with this, um, anti-terrorism team for two years. So they, um, they did not change that and, um, he went ahead with the training that's involved in that. Okay. And, so, so when I hear the, the term anti-terrorism team, it sounds like it's a uh, risky business. It, it's a quick react force um, that goes in. Um, it's more, um, it's geared to defend, specifically going in um, to defend embassies if for high-risk activities. They, do, they learn hand-to-hand combat. Um, they learn um, bounty hunting skills. Um, they... Um, they're more um, defensive rather than offensive. So they're going in to rescue or to save rather than actually um, attacking. Um, yes. So, so when he was doing this kind of work, um, 
was his at at times was his life at risk um not for the most part now there at at some point um in during those two years he was um deployed to japan at, and this was before we uh, went into Iraq. And so um, while while he was deployed in Japan, they sent him someplace that he's not able to tell me where uh-huh. um, because he's forbidden to do so. And yeah. it was in direct support of Operation um, Iraqi Freedom. And um, so what he did and where he was, I'm not sure whether he was actually in the Middle East or not. Um, when but, he was out of the two years, um, after, when his two years was done, he ended up in my husband's um, infantry unit, and then that um, unit did deploy to Fallujah, Iraq. Oh, I see. So uh, he ended up in the same Outfit your husband was in at one point? He ended up, yes, it was the same um, battalion, um, regiment, company, and platoon. Yeah. Same platoon as my husband had been in four years before. Yeah. So how, how was that for Daniel to uh, have this kind of connection with his father? Oh, he, 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 was, he was anxious to try to um, manipulate that so because he just, again, he was... And, you know, enjoyed following his father's footsteps. And for my husband, it was, you know, that made him proud. But then the flip side of the coin is if anything happened um, to him while he was in that unit and in that uh, platoon, um, my husband would have felt terribly, terribly guilty. Yeah. So um, uh, during the time your son was doing the Marine Mm-hmm. Part of his life. Um, there were many times when you could talk to him with a cell phone or through the internet. But when he had this, when he had uh, these times when he would be in secrecy, so to speak, th- th- then you didn't have contact with him for a few weeks or a few months. Is that correct? Um, he was actually pretty good about communicating with us. And so he would communicate once in a while. Um, by um, uh, email um, and a fair amount um, by um, uh, satellite phone um, every three weeks or so. So he was pretty good at keeping contact with us. Um, so, we, so, so wait, wait. So every so every three weeks or so meant that for uh, three weeks you wouldn't hear from him. Correct. And, <laughs> and, how, and how was that for when you? When he was in. In Iraq, um, there were no Skypes. Um, yeah. This was like before that they were only just at that point starting to come out with instant messaging, which he had no access to. Yeah. But um, it was I, we were always thrilled to hear from him, um, but he tended to call um, because it was the best time for him. It tended to be in the middle of our night. So we'd get these 2 a.m. phone calls, and then what would happen is sometimes he'd be talking to us and telling us a little bit about, you know, how he was doing, and then he'd say, well, I've got to go. We're going out and patrol in five minutes. Yes. And then that would just bring up the adrenaline in me because you know in real time 
that yes. your son is in danger as it's happening. It's not like in Vietnam War when somebody might write a letter and it would take three weeks to get to the family and whatever they might have been writing about had long since already happened. Um, this was when my son, I don't know if you want to get, or if you're ready to get to this point, but when my son's uh, platoon was hit by a suicide bomber. Well, they, were, they were hit by a what? Suicide bomber. Oh, suicide bomber. Yeah, that's pretty severe. And we heard about the that on the um, news that morning. We didn't know it was his unit. We my husband and I both had this horrible feeling it was, but there was nothing initially to identify it as a, so as being his unit. But nonetheless, because we just had this horrible fear and the fact that we hadn't heard from him, um, we went through the whole day waiting to see if somebody was going to come because it had killed seven um, Marines, and we waited to see if somebody would come to give us bad news. Yes. And then, of course, um, they didn't, so we felt like, oh, okay, I think we're all right, and we went to bed, um, and then in the morning um, at 2 a.m., he called and said it was, had been his platoon that was hit, and he had um, been about to step into the first truck of this convoy that was leaving the uh, forward operating base. And he always rides in the first um, truck, and he always sits on the same side. And he would, had started to get in, and the sergeant had said, well, no, no, we're going to split the uh, platoon up um, so that, uh, you know, we'll have different yeah. people go in different places. So you go in the second truck. And um, so we went in the second truck, and as they were heading out, they got caught in traffic, so they were very slow um, moving because um, the powers that be in the military told them they could not stop traffic to allow the the convoy to go through. So they were, like, moving with traffic, and then because they were slowed down and and because they really couldn't move out of the way... There was um, a car that came right into the first truck and yes. it was loaded with um, uh, ammunition and it blew up. And oh, my. So, so where he usually sat, which was where his friend was, um, all those people were killed. Yes. Rather, I don't guess you want the the gruesome descriptions but um yeah, actually we're going to take our last break for a moment we'll come right back be sure to friend us on facebook you can do it right now visit facebook.com forward slash voice america or search for us at keyword voice america SportsPsychologySociology.com can help you improve your ability to excel and enjoy your athletic endeavors. Call Dr. Jonathan Brower at 818-707-4557. Legal Shield. Total access. Everyone deserves legal protection. With Legal Shield, everyone can access it, no matter how traumatic or trivial. Check out players.buildinglastingsuccess.com and jjbrower.com. Call Jonathan at 805-535-5111. 
DefeatAnxietyNow.com is geared to help people suffering with anxiety and depression. Intensive, short-term, dynamic psychotherapy helps many people get to the absolute core of their problems and resolve them. Call Dr. Jonathan Brower at 818-707-4557. Interested in investing in real estate, leveraging other people's money? Call Jonathan Brower and he can give you some more information. 805-535-5111. That's 805-535-5111. Your life. Your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to Human Behavior What a Trip with Dr. Jonathan Brower. If you have a question or comment for the show this week, please call in to 1 866 472 5792. That's toll free 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to jbrowerphd at yahoo.com. Now, back to human behavior. What a trip. Hello, everybody. This is Jonathan Brower with Human Behavior, What a Trip. I'm speaking with my guest, Nanette Sagnus to me. Nanette Sagnus to me. And she's written a wonderful book entitled, We Also Serve a Family Goes to War. And you can get it at Amazon and other places. So um, getting back to the what we're talking about, your son lucked out and not getting killed or, or injured, correct? Um, if you would call it that, um, being in the second truck, um, yeah. he was the next person on scene because they, they, um, they could hear and feel the... Um, percussion of the explosion and so they um they came up and so he his friends were in various states of for lack of a better word dismemberment and where he usually sits on that first truck everybody was um decapitated so he almost was there and um so he has that, um, he, he guess he was lucky he was alive, but he also has that vision. Yes, and that's part of the post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm-hmm. So he was in a, in a situation that was incredibly dangerous and incredibly uh, <laughs> hurtful and incredibly scary. Mm-hmm. And uh, at times those memories just come up and it's not a pleasant memory to have. No, um and in and what surprised me is um that as parents we also have our own post traumatic stress from that experience um because i think it, it's twofold number one i lived that day thinking it might be my son and that puts a whole um anxious strain on one and then and then my son called and because it was so recent he actually described the scene yes so as he's describing and he's you know i did not put this in the book but i know what happened to whom in this um and so because he described it to me um then i'm visualizing it and then just the the agony 
as a parent that one has that your child had to yes. witness this. And then your own yes. survivor guilt, not just theirs, but as parents, we have survivor guilt yes. that our kids are alive, and we were almost like the mothers whose kids didn't. And yes. so there's a lot of guilt for ourselves. Yes, as you're, as you're saying this to me and, and, and the audience, I'm aware of feeling very sad and having chills inside me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is really not a good way to have to... No, and I had intrusive thoughts myself for months after because, um, I mean, it really was, you know, um, secondary PTSD for me. But, um, like, multiple times a day, this vision of a particular description that he left me with that he doesn't even remember he did, but he did, um, Uh that that would pop up in front of my mind's eye over and over again all day long. Of course. So while when for both your husband and your son Daniel, did, any, did either one of them have any actual physical injury that had uh, has problems for them now? No. Oh, that's really lucky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So on the one hand, they're lucky that they came out without um, wounds. Their bodies from, were whole, <laughs> but their yeah. minds are. We're um, suffering. Yeah. So um, when your son came back from, uh, when his time as a Marine was up, would he, um, was he interested in talking to his dad more about his situations That's or not? That's a good question. Um, everybody, all Mario's, my husband's Mario's um, buddies were saying, oh, he's so lucky. He has somebody he can talk to. Um, but what we found out is that he didn't, and I think this is true for a lot of these guys, they don't want to talk about uh-huh. it with uh, people that weren't there. Uh-huh. So even though, in my humble opinion, war is war is war, I think a lot of um, a lot of experiences are the same no matter what war. These guys still feel like there's um, things that are so unique to this their kind of war that the only ones they feel like they can speak to about this are each other, yes. and of course all of them are in some state of. PTSD themselves, so um, I, I wished that um, he would have spoken more to my husband who could have given him a little bit more perspective because my husband had worked through a lot of his um, uh, post-traumatic stress, although while my son was deployed in Iraq, it came roaring back for my husband. Yes. So um, did your other children... Uh, want to ask questions and know more about how the experience was for your son Daniel? Um, they did, but I think people were being careful um, to just let him say what he was willing to say. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, he didn't really get into the emotions of it or or anything. And from when he first got back, I think there was a lot more acting out kind of things on his part. And, you know, I think he drank more and he had trouble sleeping and he um, tended to um, 
walk around the house several times at night to make sure it was secure but before he could go to sleep and he actually felt better sleeping during the daylight hours rather than at night uh-huh. um, so all that has sort of mellowed out but there was a lot of that for the first year after he came back yeah did he ever um, go for any counseling or not um, not for a while I wished they I wished it was a requirement because yeah. I feel like if you can intervene early, sure. it would make a big difference. But they all, I shouldn't say they all, that's an exaggeration, but many feel like they're okay or they can handle it. Um, and I had told my son early on, I said, look, we're going to be the canaries in the mine. So we're going to be the ones that are going to be able to say, you know, you're having trouble. Um, and so you need to listen to us. And he, he agreed, but then when we said, um, you're having anger issues, <laughs> this, we're seeing this and this and this and this, he just say, nah, I'm fine. And then yeah. he still wouldn't go see. But now he is. He's actually availing himself of um, the VA um, services, and they do have some Iraq and Afghanistan vet groups that he feels comfortable um, going to. Yeah, and what year did he um, leave the Marine Corps? Um, 2004. I take it back, 2005, in May of 2005. Okay, and what is he doing with his life currently? Well, he um, he's going to school. Um, he uh-huh. changed his major, um, so he has to take a little bit longer to get through school, but he's doing that through the GI Bill. and he's what's, what's his major? Accounting. Accounting, uh-huh. and he's um, he's going to um, to work part time with the VA center, and he's married, and um, his wife has um, a fifteen year old and an eleven year old from a previous marriage, and then together they have three children. So, wow! Yeah, he's not even thirty. <laughs> so, so, what are the ages of his three children with his wife? Um, they are five. Three and one. Five, three, and one. And how do all five of these human beings, the the two children from the first marriage, and then all of them together, how do they do with each other? Well, you know, it's a blended family, and there's all those blended family issues. Um, So um, I'd say that's that's still a work in progress. Uh-huh. But um, they've they've been together for uh, well, obviously five years. So that's probably about six years because um, they um, so they've had a bit more time to work it out. And all the children live with them. So uh-huh. good. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, so uh, so either for your husband and or for your son Daniel, do either one of those men uh, want to? Uh, watch war movies at this point, or do they, they, they rather not see them? Depends. Um, it depends on if, if it's one that's in their era. Um, uh-huh. I know my um, son was very interested in watching the HBO, the Pacific, and uh-huh. um, because it was based on um, 
somebody Lackey, um, who was Robert Lackey, I think was the name of the um, Marine, but it was somebody who was in um, um, th- their unit, the same uh-huh. unit that they were both in. And so um, they 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 watch it, but they're somewhat critical of you know if they don't get the details right, or you know something like well no marine would really do that that was a show business thing that they were doing and stuff so they're a bit critical but um, um, I know my husband um, in his earlier years would watch a lot of the um, you know platoon and all those earlier movies and. Um, it, that would elicit um, an emotional response from him, uh-huh, and so sure. he'd usually be sobbing at the end of it. And when and the, his Marine reunion group goes to Washington D.C. every um, third or fourth year that, of their reunions, and they go to the wall, and they always have a ceremony at the wall, and 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 all of these guys are sobbing. Yes, understandably so. So we come to the close of our. Visit. I'm so glad you were able to speak to us all about what goes on with a family going to war. And I want people to know the name of your book. It's called We Also Serve, A Family Goes to War. And it's written by Nanette uh, Sagas Toomey. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good there. And, uh, and so hopefully people who want to read the book can find it. And they I'm very, very thankful website. for you to be on the show. If, if you will, and my website is weallsoserve.net and also weallsoserve.com, so they could um, get it through my website as well. Okay, you want to say your website real fast? Weallsoserve.net, oh, yeah. and then we, yeah. I also have weallsoserve.com, yeah. and you can purchase the book through there. Okay, so that's the show for today, folks. Thank you again for listening today. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time for Human Behavior, What a Trip! with Dr. Jonathan Brower on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have fun experiencing your human behavior. SportsPsychologySociology.com can help you improve your ability to excel and enjoy your athletic endeavors. Call Dr. Jonathan Brower at 818-707-4557. Legal Shield. Total access. Everyone deserves legal protection. With Legal Shield, everyone can access it, no matter how traumatic or trivial. Check out players.buildinglastingsuccess.com and jjbrower.com. Call Jonathan at 805-535-5111. DefeatAnxietyNow.com is geared to help people suffering with anxiety and depression. Intensive, short-term, dynamic psychotherapy helps many people get to the absolute core of their problems and resolve them. Call Dr. Jonathan Brower at 818-707-4557. Interested in investing in real estate, leveraging other people's money? Call Jonathan Brower and he can give you some more information. 805-535-5111. That's 805-535-5111. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. 
visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.